I am um, a um, a romance reader, so um, anything that was uh, a romance, I would read. I, I love fluff. Um, so, um, but in those days, because I'm in my fifties, um, okay. in those days there were not a lot of uh, black writers uh, or out that were being published. So, so self-published made a big difference. Okay. Um, to be able to see black stories. Uh, right now, I'm, you know, my bestie, I'm also on an Alexandria house kick. Yeah. Um, and so she is my absolute boo thing. Uh, you know, she just is so wonderful and encouraging. Um, and <clears throat> I just, you know, uh, wanted to give it a shot. And so, um, Right around uh, my mid forties, I said, you know, um, my kids are grown. I'm gonna give it a shot, and then if people don't like it, at least I could say I gave it a shot. So here I am. Yes, seven novels later, seven successful <laughs> novels later. Might I add that is a blessing to God be the glory for that. Thank I mean, and, and that's that, that's very encouraging to hear that you know midway through your life you decide to do a career change and it's been successful for you so yeah, that yeah. Awesome that's encouraging yeah maybe I and, and I my career think while that my for people I, I think that for people who want to write and they're concerned that they're getting older but they haven't done it interestingly enough writing is a thing that gets better the more life you experience mm -hmm. so that is actually a good thing and oftentimes when people think that they are experiencing uh, writer's block it's not it's about uh life and and it, it does expand out and it expands the writing um and because uh, I have moments of wishing that I would have done it sooner, but it is okay. And I think that is why I'm so impressed with the younger woman, the younger women who have just said, I'm going to do it and didn't wait as long as I did. So I think uh, uh, younger writers impress me the most. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I'm not a writer myself. I'm just mm -hmm. an avid reader who turned into audibles. So, but I appreciate your work. I appreciate you being out here representing our community. I appreciate you telling our stories. Speaking of our stories, this is based on real life. I don't think that it is. Were you taken captive? Were you taken? No, I was not. I was not. <laughs> it no, I wasn't. Here. Yes, Troy, forgive me. I would think that, unfortunately, Francine is um, a kind of a real life thing because um, uh, uh, the the romantic part, the adventurous, the suspenseful parts, uh, maybe not so. But the fact that we as uh, uh, a people <clears throat> experience a breakdown in family based on mass incarceration yeah. and those things. It was an opportunity to, you know, to tell a story where the man is sexy and all these things, but he's still talking about the problems that plague us. I mean, at, at this point, we are not surviving traffic stops. 
So right. this is not a good thing, you know? And so he is bringing to the forefront those things. And, and I was hoping to do it in a fun and sexy way. Oh, and right. I got to tell you that Miss uh, Nicole Small and Jacoby Diem, uh, I forgot that I wrote the book. They did such a fabulous job. Thank I was just sitting there with my mouth open, listening, and and uh, both of them just uh, did the work such justice. I was I was proud of both of them and, and yeah. thankful to to get them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As a non-audible person, I have a question: Is it common for there to be a man and a woman narrating? I thought it was always just one person, like switching it up. Uh. So. It's it, it, it's author's choice, really. It's however the author wants her book to be portrayed, he or she's book to be portrayed. Um, some some narrators can throw their voices and you know and sound like a man, and then some narrators can just kind of sort of make their voice go a little bit higher. If it's a male narrator and a female narrator, she'll make her voice go a little bit lower. But Nicole Smalls, baby. And E. Kane, oh my God, their voices are phenomenal. You don't even know who you're talking to. You could be in your mind, you really think you're talking to a real man. Right. That's how good their voices are. I mean, because they're, I mean, they're, because ultimately they're doing uh, a little more than narrating, they're acting. You yes, know what I'm are. saying? And bringing, and bringing Black books to life. So, you yes. know, I was, I was ecstatic to get both of them. So, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, so let's get back in the car and let's talk about unfortunate Francine. So okay. we first, so we first meet Francine and she is on this horrible date. She's on a date from hell, y'all. <laughs> She's on a date from hell with this guy from work. It's not on the date started out good. Cause she was feeling okay. She was already nervous. She was, she was oh, feeling him because that's what was because she was into him. She liked him and he was, was saying, nervous. She he, was nervous. She was saying the right thing. She already didn't feel compatible. I mean, you know, she dressed, you know, in a very modest way compared to this tall, you know, glass of chocolate milk, you know, <laughs> dripping, you know, sex appeal compared to me being simply Mary Jane, you know? Right. And the date gets crashed. What, what was his name? Uh, he refreshed me. Jalong. Huh? Jalong. Jalong. Jalong was the guy. And he gets, the date get crashed by one of his side pieces who wanted more. And, you know, she's just like the jet beauty of the week walking up on the table. They in like a little restaurant eating burgers and fries and milkshakes. And she's like, what you doing? Like, <laughs> You my man, time, you know? Like, what's good? Uh, she came in and she showed her whole black ass. She did show her whole. <laughs> she showed it all. And I, I like the fact that you wrote that in there. I'm, I'm like the fact that you didn't just rush over that thing. You let it fester. And mm. Francine is just like this meek, quiet woman. She's from New York. She's breaking out into her own by moving to Atlanta. Earn her sister Jennifer. And, you know, she's like, I'm not here for this. I'm here to meet people, mingle, you know, and kind of sort of break out of my shell, not be in the middle of a, you know. Drama. Like, drama. Right. Like, right. I, I, she ain't got time for that. So, Francine. this is ghetto. It was ghetto. <laughs> it was ghetto. Uh, right. So, Francine took them deuces up. She had to go. So, if you're not familiar with Atlanta, 
it goes from zero to 100 real quick. You could be walking three blocks. It's nice, clean, well lit. And then the next block over, baby, you smack dab in the hood. Right. And that's what happened to my girl, Francine. She was smack dab in the hood. Keep in mind, Francine ain't never left New York. So she does not, mm-hmm. is not familiar with Atlanta, Georgia. Wait, and you skipping over something. You skipping over I something. I am, I'm sorry, you go ahead. came What's out that? of the restaurant. It's this guy sitting in his car across oh, the street yeah. smoking a cigarette. Yeah. He, kinda, he came out to clear his mind. So yeah. he's sitting in the car and he's like, dang, she fine or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he peeping her and then he sees she having this little lover's quarrel. And so mm-hmm. he's like, um, you know, she trying to get away from the girl and the guy that, you know, was in the restaurant. And so she running away. She was like, no, I ain't got time for this. So he's right. her. So he like, I'm finna get on her. It looked like that's not going well for her. So I'm gonna right. try my look. So he starts to follow her in his car. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So he follows her in his car, in her car. Francine is still trying to run away. Like I said, it went from zero to 100 real quick because it was some predators roaming the block, looking for women, <laughs> looking for strays to pick right. up, you know? So this kidnapper right. van is all blacked out, the windows are spray painted, pulls up beside Francine, will follow her for a couple blocks, a couple feet, and then hops out, somebody in the back hops out and grabs her and put her in a van and drive off. And why this man is following her, so he only following her so he can try to get on her. And now he done found himself in a situation like, do I go after her? Do I leave it alone or whatever, right? So she just got kidnapped. I was mad at Francis at this point. Like, why did she do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how many women out here, we're not protecting ourselves. Because, like, why would you run away like that in an unknown place? And once right. you thought that things was getting sketchy, why didn't you get, go, back. go back to where, where you knew things that you just gonna keep running? You that mad about this restaurant situation? You didn't just get kidnapped, right? This is not Kansas. This is not New York. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> don't know these blocks, these boroughs, like it. You know. So, Joan, did right. Eugenia write her that naive, like where she's not paying attention? You know. I did because when I write romantic novels, I tend to want to highlight the male character because I write for women. I write to entertain women. So it isn't so much about her being naive, but the, you know, you want him to be somewhat the star of the show so that he can become the next book book bay. So, <laughs> so that is why that is one thing. And then the other piece to it is that. I wanted to make it uh, realistic in that, um, you know, she has walked away from this situation and trying to figure out what to do. And oftentimes in in, in, um, anxiety-induced situations, our thought process is not as keen as it would be. So, you know, the other thing is that when you live in New York your whole life, if you get to Georgia, you don't also realize something else. New York is well lit. The minute that the sun goes down, everything in the city, even in the rural areas, lights up. So you assume out of naivety that this is what it's going to be. But Atlanta is dark as hell. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. 
So this where it got a little sketchy in the book for me. So mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. People, like, I got my, I got my headphones on. I'm in the mm-hmm. bed. The lights are off, and this girl got kidnapped in this book. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen to her? You know? They pull up to this sketchy uh, parking garage, like make oh. Old school auto mechanics. Was, mm-hmm. Right, right. Or the, or the know, auto they, mechanics. They, they, take, they, they finna rape this girl. They finna rape and kill her, basically. And I'm like, oh my God, right. Francine, what you finna do? Like, how we gonna get out of this girl? And Troy come. well, let me back up. They have her tied up, getting ready to yes. her. Keep in mind, she has this nice, pretty dress on, very plain Mary Jane. And they have her tied up like a crucifix getting ready to rape her um, and also kill her after the deed is done. And Troy comes, Troy makes a quick decision in following the guy, her. The guy who's following I'm sorry, her. The guy makes a quick decision in following, who was previously following her, decides to save her or to go see what's going on to let the authorities know. And then he was like, nah, I can't let, let this sister happen to the sister, so let me you know, go in and try to assist any way he can. Well, Troy, uh, the guy ends up killing both other um kidnappers, and Francine is gonna lose her shit because, like I said, she's tied up like Jesus on the cross, and this unknown man, this big, fine unknown man, is walking towards her. Her dress is coat open. She has a red panty and bra set on, looking scrumptious on this cross. <laughs> And she like, oh my God, like I'm thinking he's gonna save me and he's gonna come do worse. You know, like he had that look in his eyes. I can only imagine. And he was feeling Francine. And you know, <laughs> and Tro- and the guy was like, damn, she's fine. You know, like, you know, he was just really checking her out. Like, let me touch her. And I believe he actually does touch her. And she just, she just, she, she, she just freaks out and he ends up knocking her out and said, I, no. I, have taken hostage. I have taken another hostage. So <laughs> that was so good. Like the, that scene when he came to get her in the van and the the emotions that he was going through while he was rescuing her, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, rescuing her, right. while he was rescuing her, just the the things that he was going through and experiencing it was written so well like I felt like I was right there in the auto mechanic shop like and he ended up touching her breast and I was like this is weird <laughs> I'm like this is weird like this is weird so you made that really intense did you make that intense for a reason to like prepare us for what was gonna happen well, one of the things is to one of the things that I do as a technique um, with, with writing is to offer a prologue. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. uh, not do that, but I do do prologues, and it is to club the reader over the head to keep them with me. Mm-hmm. So you got this elevated pitch of time that you realize, okay, she's saved. So the reader doesn't realize that the prologue is going to end with her being kidnapped by the person who just saved her. And that is should be enough to first chapter. So use prologues to try to you know, capture the reader, to try to get them in a their life, huh? 
I, I want to try to figure out what's next. But also, the pro in this instance, it was to mislead you a little bit. Don't know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. You're trying to figure out who and what he is, mm -hmm. and you know you you know the scene. The next scene opens up, and if you've listened to it, um, they they did it a true duel. So Mr. DM took all of the male uh, 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 parts. And uh, the small took all of the female parts. And that, I think, made it even more fabulous and made her voice that much more feminine and his voice that much more masculine. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that when the scene opens up and, you know, she's there in the bed handcuffed. Um, and I think when he says, I know you're awake, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you know, you're hearing your work come to life. Right. Um, and so I, you know, I, I can't say enough about those two. Um, and, you know, at that point, you're now thinking, okay, so what is he going to do with her? And this is where the dark romance starts. Yay. And I, I thought to do it, you know, as it pertains to being black. Mm -hmm. I was conflicted, John. Mm -hmm. I was feeling like mm -hmm. a real creep reading this okay <laughs> so after he rescues her right he right. decides that he's going to keep her for himself, for himself. okay yes. listen y'all so he has become he went from the rescuer to a kidnapper mm -hmm. himself. to the villain he was right. the villain he was the villain so, that's right go ahead what even got more darker for me was when they introduced the rest of the players. So it comes into fruition that his name is Troy. We don't know much about Troy. We just know he's in this nice, pretty house. And uh, he tells her to get dressed and to come out into the living room. We can't skip over all this. Okay, so he didn't kidnapped her, right? So now he's kidnapped her. And he is holding her captive in his home. And he tells her, you gonna be with me now. Like... You don't have no other choice. You're going to be going if you try right. to run. If you try to run, he live in like this secluded in the area. It's lion, tigers, and bears outside. He was like, "You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it." Like it's all kind of stuff around her. You can try to get away if you want. You're not gonna get away. So don't try to run or whatever. But you like basically, he didn't tell this woman that she. She thought she had got away. She thought but he no, no, you mine. But now. I'm yours. And so up until that point, I was like, ooh, Troy is like a horrible person. But then it get real, real interesting. Okay, let <laughs> tell your part about how. Okay, uh, get, so we are introduced to Butch, Levi. I'm going to say it was Butch and Levi in the room, right? Or was it Butch right. and Levi? Initially, right. it was Butch and Levi. Okay. Right. okay, initially it was Butch and Levi we we're introduced to. So Butch is this tall, big, burly man. I want to say he looked like uh, John Coffey off the Green Mile. That's why I pictured him in my mind, right? <laughs> and, you know, and he's just, you know, he's a little rugged, you know, a little rough around the edges. And, you know, he's not nice, friendly, cuddly. So Francine walks into that and then she walks into the room also seeing Levi, which is like... Who's a nice, tall, sexy chocolate man? That's what I saw in my head. In my head, I don't know. Did you have anybody in mind, John, when you wrote right. this character? 
Do you have any mind for the lead? Um, you usually when I write characters, I don't have anybody in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is, is write and just consider faces that I've seen, uh, black faces that I've seen along my travels in life and uh, in the grocery store uh, mm-hmm. growing up. You know, I remember um, in the book I'm writing now called um, Love in Africa, I, um, when I was about maybe 12, there was a guy who was, um, I don't know, he might've been in his early twenties, maybe 25. And I often think about him. I had the biggest crush on him. And of course I'm 12, so he don't know it. (laughs) So I often picture his face different times, just over the course of my life of of seeing, and I love men. So, you know, I could, you know, (laughs) I had a a car accident one time. Right. (laughs) I had a car accident one time and I had a, a, a paramedic and I was thinking to myself I'm passing out but this dude is fine you know right so that that's how I, I don't I don't necessarily see people and, and mm-hmm. when I'm writing so maybe an Idris Elba is it Idris Elba Idris Elba I always think about him huh I always think about Idris Elba always <laughs> But just think of him as tall, though. You know, like a tall, right, right, three, six, four. Like these are giants compared to Frankie's five, four, or five, five, three. Right. And you right. got Troy, who's like stock. He's buff, but he's not as tall as Butch right. and, and Levi. So you know, like, what we gonna do? You know? So she's walking into the room, and he like, what's going on? Like, what happened? Keep in mind, we don't know who these people are. They just like, what happened last night? What's going on? And Troy debriefs them on what happened. And Levi said, and I quote, marry her, fuck her, and get her knocked up. <laughs> or, kill, or kill her. So it's a lot of mystery surrounding. It's a lot of mystery surrounding this situation. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So they're talking in code and saying things. It's something going on with this crew. And mm-hmm. it's like, you've messed up our plan trying to be Captain Saber, okay? <laughs> you messed up our plan and what we had going on trying to save her. So it's a much bigger pitch picture to this situation, to whatever, he's into something that now her being here is throwing a monkey wrench in. So they Mm -hmm. have to make sure that what he did the night before in rescuing her and killing these two men and all this stuff, this got to stay tight because if it doesn't, it's going to mess up their other plans. It's going to blow the spot and so up. now you like, well, what is he into? What's going on? So you you don't know what's going on, you know, what he's into or anything like that. She's scared shitless. Out like, of her mind. You know? <laughs> but, right. but it was in yeah. this moment, okay? It was in this moment that he, okay, because she was afraid of him, right? When he was like, you got to stay here, you know, you stuck with you, you stuck with me, you know, you got to be with me and all this stuff. But for some reason in the kitchen, when she was introduced to Levi and Butch, she kind of looked to him as her protector. He did. She did. 
So how, did, that how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, and I think that's an easy question to answer. She, he already killed two people that were going to kill her. So she saw him the less of the two evils. Mm -hmm. Whatever was going on, she did see that he was going to try to help her. Mm -hmm. So maybe I could deal with this because this is the, the villain I know. Right. The devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Right. right. She was afraid Absolutely. of Levi and Butch. So she like clung to him and was like close to him, like, you know, keep me safe away from right. the other two crazy people or whatever. And so it was there, I feel like, I don't know if something flipped in her or something flipped in him or something flipped in both of them, but something happened. And well, that, in the, in the, in the, when they were, before they came out, right, he you know, he's already given her the rules that you're going to do what I say and I don't share. Mm -hmm. So if you don't share, then you're my best bet because these two, I don't know what they do. Right. That's true. That's true. And I think that was also the budding of their relationship. Would, would you say that, John? Would you agree that that's like, that, that, that scene right there was the seed they got planted to blossom into... It was I would, I would think it was the budding for him. For her, she just was over... I think she was just overstimulated. All of it was anxiety driven for him. It was definitely um, the buddy, I would say, uh, from his angle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And from the reader's angle, because they like him, even though they don't want to. I didn't only like him. I just said that. I was telling Corey that. But um, okay. So, okay, I keep saying it gets interesting, but it just keeps getting more interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, it just keeps building on the interest, right? <laughs> so, at some point, okay, so she meets Levi. Levi is like the one, the thinker, I think, the I think, of the right. fixer of the group. And so, he's there to fix this situation. And so, mm -hmm. he says, You have to marry her now. Mm -hmm. fix this and make this look right so mm -hmm. for whatever reason we still don't know what he into so you have to <laughs> fix it. so that means you have to marry her so they get married the next day she had just got kidnapped the night before mm -hmm. and now she has to marry him the next mm -hmm. day this stranger this man that she don't know mind exactly. you she has a mother and a sister that well, is probably that's looking for her, right? Right. And so the mm -hmm. way that they get the way that they get her to marry him is to say, if you don't go along with the plan, if you don't follow the rules, we're going to kill your family. Yeah. So if you right. want your mother and your sister to stay alive, you're gonna go through with this marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think Troy asks the perfect question: How do you like? Do you dislike me more than you want their safety? You have to weigh it out. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I, mm. I was telling my husband about it because when I be like in books and I be like really feeling them, I be having to talk to people. And I so I be having to talk to him. He had to hear all my crazy wild thoughts. And I was just <laughs> like, I wouldn't have made it. Like I probably had a heart attack or something because I would have just been so scared. And I felt so bad for her. Like I, I couldn't imagine being in that situation, yeah. like being held yeah. against the wheel you know, and all of that, but it all ends well, or it all gets well, because they get married, what, um, okay, John, maybe you can explain, so what happens in between, 
because by the time they get married, she kind of feeling him a little bit, y'all. Believe it or not, I mean, he, eats I mean, her out. he eats her out. He gets married. This was before the wedding. This was before the wedding. Before the wedding, he gets a taste. He he wanted a taste of the goods, and she was and she was like, "No, I'm not having sex with you. I'm not. I'm not gonna have sex with you." So he was like, "You gonna do something?" And, okay, right. and so that's where my confliction came. And he, in, okay, and he go, he gives her oral <laughs> sex, and he was like, one way or another, we gonna fuck. So it's either it's gonna happen voluntarily or it's gonna happen involuntarily. You just take your pick on which one you want it to happen. That's where my confliction came in because the sex scenes were written so good. Oh, <laughs> You really, you was like, you kind of wanted to be like, no, 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 don't do that. This but then it was like, yes, 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 Troy is getting her. Hey, this was some role playing for your ass. <laughs> it was like, yes, yes, yes. He was and she was loving it. And Enjoy. so it was like, oh my God, this is a little bit. I think this was a nail in the coffin. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get married. I'm going to go ahead and marry him. I'll marry you. Now. Don't worry about it. You ain't even got the old drink. We'll figure out the later. But I, I know that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is it right here. Yeah, because Troy, he did a number on her. He did. And again, she's inexperienced. Yes. He had right. only been with he one other hurt, person. Mm-mm-mm. No, no she wasn't a virgin. Right, right. But the point is that he was older than her and knew a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. And and the interesting part that I one of the things that uh that drew me to this character is that um I wanted him to be um sexual even when he wasn't being sexual. And so even his words were, you know, trying to, you know, push her. <laughs> and then that choke when she wouldn't act right, that choke that she would do, I was like, oh, I'm like, girl, you need to put this book down. You you want some other stuff. <laughs> she did it on purpose just so she could get choked. <laughs> she started doing stuff like on purpose so she could get choked. <laughs> yes, but he would put his hands around her neck like if she didn't listen or do what he said, he would put his hands around her neck and he would put just like a little slight bit of pressure but not like really it's cut off her airway, no. right? And it was it was real erotic. Like there was like, like get your ass back in line. You, you know, <laughs> anybody who been listening to the Black Girl Book Club podcast, I do not condone violence. But every now and again, you just gotta shut that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, in writing a dark romance, you, you're going to always step up to the line. And I, I too, don't uh, condone uh, violence. The, the point of this, uh, his character, where he was, the, the, the dial of angry that he was on the meter um, is, you, you know, as you push on through the book, you began to see that part of what his issue is and how he relates to women, Black women in particular, as a Black man, has to do with how he's viewed in this country. So I try to encompass it all to show what it is we deal with in our men, because our men are dealing with a lot of shit. You did so that was amazing job. He did. He did. did. So let's not construe. Joan is very woke in this book. 
She did not <laughs> leave out nothing for the culture in this book. We're just not going to discuss it because that this going to turn into a three, four hour podcast. So um, I'll have a question for anybody who's watching in the group who's watching. Were you conflicted once their relationship flipped? You know, because he is holding her captive here. You know, were you conflicted in that? Like, how did you feel about the switch in a relationship? Because one, by the time they got married, she was still afraid of him and she didn't want to be there. But they had started to develop a relationship kind of like a right. real as weird as it was yes mm-hmm. yes yeah they had started yes. to develop a relationship and so it was like or do you condone this or you know you know i'm like well i i, I get it i get it from both sides um i do get it from both sides i, I get people who love it and i get people who say well you know he was you know, all of these things. And one of the things that I have to, uh, you know, say, and I have said, you know, um, you, people, you know, people have said to me, well, I thought he was rough. And I'm thinking, you know, especially for Black women, um, you know, it's, you know, you watch movies and you see all kind of shows where white men are considered um, sexy in their villainy. Mm-hmm. We're watching a sh- you know a show called You. Mm-hmm. He he's going through the fucking movie, mm-hmm. killing every goddamn mm-hmm. body, having sex with them and killing them. Mm-hmm. So what I was attempting to do was broaden what the characters are allowed to do in terms of being villains, um, talking about the things uh, that. Uh, trouble the black community dealing with sexuality and all of those things and throughout the book of course the woman is is never uh, um, sexually violated because I mean eventually the biggest thing that women love about him is that he is constantly asking for pussy Mm -hmm. and being turned down Mm -hmm. so uh, the goal was to be able to tap into this market that is dark romance that works so well for uh, uh, other women who write it. And, um, and so, and I get, I, I have also been criticized by even people who read white dark romance. So what the hell, I, I don't get that. So, I mean, but I've been there and this story, this character, the you know, um, because it all looks like in the beginning that he doesn't have a purpose for stealing her. Mm -hmm. But later you find out that he's a public figure. He really does not have a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Francine's mom and sister uh, found a missing police report, a missing person report. And it's starting to have this big wave of what happened to Frankie. And she is now having to go to the police station and say hey I am fine release the man who I was seen last seen with which is Jaleel his name Jaleel Jalal. 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 release Jalal he had nothing to do with it I'm fine I went away for the weekend with my now husband and this is kind of like a shocker to everyone because who the hell is true and where the hell he come from you was just on right. day with Jaleel Friday and him right. <laughs> you married like, what's going on, Frankie? So Jennifer, which is Frankie's sister, who she moved to Atlanta with, was already on bullshit. I call bullshit. What's going on? <laughs> like, 
you know, is he holding you against your will? Is he, you know, is he keeping you hostage? Is he hurting you? You know, like what's going on? Because I don't know who the fuck Troy is and I'm not going to let you go with this man. You've been with him all weekend and I don't know who he is. So that's when we meet Jennifer and her mom and, um, you know, Frankie's like, well, this is my husband and you're going to accept it or leave it because he's a part of me now, you know, right. put some respect on my man's name. This is my husband. It was more so to protect them. Right. At this point, she right. did love Troy. She did love, or she was feeling him. I ain't gonna say she loved him, but she was right. feeling him. So she did like him, but her attitude towards this is my husband. You're going to respect mm-hmm. him. You're going to respect our relationship. I don't care what you think about it was more to protect them from being killed than it right. was, you know, to profess her love for him. So right. that's how well, she and I, and I also. I also wanted to just back up a little bit and also say that she also realized that based on her situation in that old uh, automotive uh, center, that the real truth is that her mother and them could have been viewing her in the morgue and she had a different respect for him that he had changed that. So Mm -hmm. there was some things that she was feeling about this because she's looking at how devastated her family was and she was still alive. Mm -hmm. So that also built some loyalty toward him, Mm -hmm. even though they didn't realize it. And the truth is, neither did he. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I I loved how she played her part. Because she 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 could have been... You know, she could have half fasted, but she didn't. Mm-hmm. He came in there. She was like, this is my husband. Y'all going to respect him. Police, Um, yeah, I got the wrong man. Right. You know, this is what happened. And I mean, like, she really went in there from her, from her being docile and, you know, a little bit naive and right. green, green, from her coming from that person to where she just, like, bossed up and was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is what it is. This is what I'm doing. This is my husband. I was like, go on, Frankie girl. Claim your money. But keep in mind, she didn't know how deep the rabbit hole goes on who Troy was, right. who Troy is at this right. time. She just knew very surface level things. And she was kind of sort of blindsided when she finally found out who he was, but she recovered so quickly. And that's what I appreciated about her. That's what you're supposed to do for your, your husband. You know, you're supposed to stand by your man by all means. Stand by your man. <laughs> right. And now, hey, let me promises. tell y'all what um, Lisa just said about Troy. Joan created a black gangster pussy slayer superhero. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> right. There you go. That's exactly what Joan created. That is exactly what Joan created. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. Keep in mind, Joan got like three stories going on in this one book. And unfortunately, after <laughs> we are not able to get to all three stories, so we're just going to stick with Frankie and Troy's storyline. Okay. But I promise you, this book does not level out at all. It's only uphill from there. And that's all I'm going to say. You got some crooked cops. Mm-hmm. You got some... Relatives that want to be, you know, who no, we do have to touch on one other part of the book, and that is his position. So, remember, I said he has this secret side thing that he got going on, 
we yeah, he got like this secret thing going on. So what ends up happening right. when he goes to the police station to let Frankie or France, he likes to call her Francine. He yeah, says she yeah. is too beautiful for people to be calling her Frankie because Frankie is ugly for a woman. So he calls her Francine. So when they go to the police station to reveal that nothing happened with her, she's fine. You know, she just got married over the weekend. Don't trip or whatever. Um, it, it's a lot of press there. It's a lot of press and, you know, it's like this big deal. And he's like, he's like a really, really big deal. And this is when she finds out that she and some other stuff, you know, it's not just about her and all of this. And so what happens, cause we getting short on time, um, is come to find out he is a public figure. He is the he's silent the activist. activist. That's what they call him. The silent activist, because he doesn't talk a lot, but he's an activist. Troy was wrongfully convicted of a murder, two murders that he did not commit. And he served, how, how long did he stay in jail? Seven years. He was in jail for seven, seven years, years for a crime that he did not commit. And so when he got out of jail, he did get a settlement from the police off from the police department. And so when he, he decided to, to do good and help other young black men who are wrongfully convicted, you know, given too much time for crimes that they did commit. So he's like on the crusade, him, Levi, the guy, the, um, his, Levi's his cousin, Akil, um, the person who was arrested with him and two other men, Terrell and Hassan, they have developed this organization where they have set out to help the black community and to uh, fight against injustice. And that is just like, Aside from Troy and Francine, their relationship and the romance of it all, it was great to read the stories of how they were helping, you know, and that there are people right. out there that are fighting for us and the things that they go through that we don't see. Yeah. Right. Because his life was in danger because of who yeah. he was. Right. Most definitely. It's right. real. It's real. Right. They are most definitely killing off our black activists, men and yes. women. Yeah. Right. And so absolutely. You did a great job in portraying that and displaying Phenomenal. that side. So do you have any political ties or anything like that? Because it was written really well and very descriptive um, with all that. I, just a lot of a lot of research. And I think my political ties is I, I just love being black. I love the black community. When I write, I yeah. write to entertain. I hope that other uh, people or other races can join in and read the work and see it the way we do. But I write with black women in mind and that's unapologetic. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it is what it is. I think yeah. that it is uh, okay for me to feel that way. You know what I mean? I read everything, if it's a white book or a black book, but I, when I sit down to the computer, it is with the goal that black women be entertained and the things that we like be talked about. Um, and so just to kind of add in there, uh, in this fall, I will be starting on book two and I will roll through book two in this series straight through to book three. Oh my goodness! So we get three, three more books. It, this this book, well, it'll be two more books, and I so mean, it'll be a three book series. And yeah. and it is very possible that there'll be a fourth book, but right now there'll be two, and and that is a kill story. So if you were on Audible, 
you probably don't realize that in the back of the book, there is a teaser for the beginning of, of Akil's book. Yeah. Okay, so, it, so will everybody get their own book? Is that how it's going to flow? Like the men, well, each man will get his own book? Well, each man will get his own book, but the same as I've done with the Black series, uh, uh, Troy will be in all the books because he is the activist. So he will constantly be uh, being seen um, and um, and we will, you know, travel down the road of injustices that happen to black men and what these men uh, can do to address that while being sexual, while trying to figure out their own shit, while trying to figure out maintaining masculinity in a country that believes that black masculinity is criminal. Um, and so that will be the journey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That will be the journey. Yeah. Yes. That is amazing. So to tie up, unfortunately, Francine. Francine ends up falling head over heels in love with Troy. In love with her husband. She loved Mm -hmm. her husband, baby. She loved him. She was there for him. She was just what he needed, really. Yeah. Because he had been something that was so traumatic. Um, He went to prison for a crime that he did not commit. When he was convicted, his mother died in the courtroom. She had a heart heart attack and died when he was convicted. So he had to deal with that. He, I mean, like his family. His only sister, he he rejected his only sister. So what we didn't say was that his best friend, Akil, who also got convicted alongside with him, was the father of Troy's sister, uh, Monica's son. Right, right. And he went to jail when the baby was, what, less than a year old? Uh, actually so, two months two months old when the baby was two months old Akil went to jail and Troy is dealing with the guilt behind of if my car never broke down that night Akil would have been in that right. situation Akil right. would have never been there in that area in the car with me you know helping me get out of my troubles if you know I didn't my car didn't break down you know he would have still had Absolutely. that time with his son and he would have still right. possibly been married to Monica by now. But right. since they went through this whole traumatic experience and being in the uh, prison system, they shunned all their loved ones away. Uh, Troy didn't want to have anything to do with his sister. He felt like she was better off by herself. And Akil felt like it's nothing I could offer my son at this point because he's seven years old. His really true raw developmental days are gone. He missed it. So he just sent money and said, you know, you got it. And then too, they weren't the same men. When they went in prison, they were young men. They had never been in any trouble. Oh, no, 18, 19, John? Or like maybe 21? You there? She may be having some technical difficulty. I think they were in their 20s, early 20s. Yeah, yeah. I want to say he might have been 24 because I was trying to think the timeline through because, or a little just a smidge older because he was 34 when he got, you know, maybe 32 when he got out and he had been out two years, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so uh, I got to refer back to my notes because I'm also in the middle of writing a, a, a novel. But one of the things that was interesting in my 
quest to to go through and and, and you know it's 1997 or 1995 Hi, 1995 and it's not that far away but you'd be surprised how the world evolves around you and you miss things and so even for a time that I uh, uh, grew up through I had to research it to make sure I got everything right. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was uh, research the Rodney King beating and look mm -hmm. at it from an adult, from an, a middle-aged person versus when it happened and being in my early 20s. And I viewed the whole video differently than I did in my 20s mm -hmm. as a 50-year-old mm -hmm. woman. And so in writing this book, it made me think about the plight of our people um, because even, um, you know, I touch on the men's situation, but it is important to know that from the 1970s to now, Black women being locked up has climbed almost 800% between mm. the time that I wrote the novel and the 70s. Mm. So mm. that's important, you know what I mean? My and then God. to be able to get out and not be able to get your, you know, you're, you're marginalized and it's, it's done that way on purpose so that you can't ever get your life back up to mm -hmm. where you need it to be. So I, I just wanted to, uh, to tell a romance that was, um, you know, as it, as it pertains to us and the adversity that we deal with. And that's only a small part of it. This book touches on the, only a small part of the shit that we deal with as a people regularly. So, I mean, you're looking at Congressman John Lewis passing away at, at the point that we're sliding back into civil unrest mm -hmm. and he's been fighting the same dog for 60 years. You, you know what I'm saying? So th this was the basis and maybe it would have been different had I been younger. But in my 50s, I think I have shit to say while being romantic. And that's where and I'm at. Had, and you most definitely have the right to talk shit and say what the hell you got to say. <laughs> but she, and you did it, though. Everything you just said, you we were able to capture all of that. We were able to capture yeah. all of that in the book. And I look forward to reading more about the what you find out, the research you do, because it's it's funny, like if you're a person who doesn't follow, you know, the news or, you know, activists or anything like that, you never know what you will get from reading the books. Like everybody always think it's just, oh, you just read those books for sex. <laughs> right. Right. But it's so much more to the books that we read. So much more. So much more to the books and that we read. And it will be, will be when the couples are black because of the shit we face. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, we only absolutely. read um black books around her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And I don't blame you. Co-host. Well, that's all we read over here. So that's all we gonna know about now. Nah, but up. you know, it's so much more than entertainment in these books. And mm -hmm. you all are doing an amazing job. We love our authors. Like y'all just don't know. Yeah. We love y'all. Shout out to all the authors. I love out there. my readers. Yes, but y'all bring yeah. in so much joy, knowledge. And the books can be informative. A lot of the books now are touching on mental health and, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of get people help for that. So, yeah, pick pick up your Black romance novel. You never know what yeah. you're going to get. You, you, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. That's right. That's right. Okay, so what do you want to leave us with, John? So you have a book that you're writing right now. When will that book be? I have a book that I'm writing right now. It's called Love in Africa. Okay. Um, I do have a book that um, when I finish with it, 
I have a book that I've already started and I'm already in it for 10,000 words. Um, and it is called probably, I think the title is going to be called Sedition. It takes place in 1925. And, um, and I think I'm going to rob a couple of banks with that book. So, uh, <laughs> so, and then when I finish those two projects, I am going to move on uh, back to the Unfortunate series where I will be uh, doing two books for that series to finish up the Unfortunate series with a possible third book, which would make it a total of four. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But uh, come fall, I will at least be into the second book. Awesome. Okay. So uh, we didn't get a chance to ask you this. I'm dying to know. Why are you writing in the past? Like, what, what are you trying to convey to us? Because the Black series is in a different time, too. It's in, it's, I want to say it's in the 1800s. It's in the 1800s. Because uh, I'm old. Shit. I'm not young like you. So, <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm writing what I know. <laughs> writing what you know. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, and you do it so well. And I, I want to say you and... You and another author is the only good authors that I've read who wrote books in the, you know, in the past, in the 1990s and, and beyond. Right, right. Well, uh, you know, and they do it, y'all do it so well. It's a beautiful thing. And I, and I, I think too, it, it, it's also for, for um, readers to bridge the gap. For a very long time, people believed that historical fiction was a white genre, right? But that can't right. be because black people are coming from the past to the future, just like any other race. So this is it's an opportunity to to bridge the gap and, and, and let you slide back and forth between. And so I've had uh, fun with the black series. I've had fun with this. And I, I guess I'm going to try my hand at uh, something uh, more modern. But I'm going to take it on back to 1925 because okay. it's fun to to write, and it will. Uh, uh, this book will also take place in rural Georgia. So, okay. um, and to have a little fun um, with all of those things, and and I, you know what I love when people start googling. So that you know, mm -hmm. you tell them something in the book, and they start googling. You go, like, huh? Fact well, that's check. True. Yeah. 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 Fact like, check. So, yeah. I, yeah. Um, and to just wrap it all up, do you have an excerpt for us from Loving Africa? I do not yet. Oh my God. Look at you, oh, baby. Not even a oh, little bit. Oh, oh, no, 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 we should have asked her beforehand. It ain't showing you. No, we should have you came on. Yeah. But let me um, tell you, if y'all would have asked me, I would have tried to get something ready. But, but just I'm send it to you, us I and will. we'll post it in the group. Yeah. I will. Because right now I'm out on. Uh, on, on Microsoft Word getting put in the headlock by words. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm not ready yet. But you know what? When I get ready, I will let y'all know. And y'all will be one of the first people that know when I'm when I'm on because this book will be done. I would say I got a couple of more weeks on this book. And then while y'all are enjoying this, I'll be into my next project. Yeah. But I appreciate y'all and thank you so much for having yeah. me. Thank, thank you so for being on. Yeah. Appreciate thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate thank you. you and everything. we'll have you back again. We'll run out and I'll be happy to We're going to dive into the Black Series. I'm yeah. Yes. No, no, no. And I'll be happy, happy to come. If y'all invite me back, I'll be happy to come. Yes. It's it's just we I just need to get off into your brain. I, I need a random